Yeah, I'll do the ahs. All right, so yeah. three, two, one. Milkman, ah, better than the Shalgren, ah, champion of the sun. Ah, you're a master of a goalie and friendship for everyone. Milkman, (laughs) better than the Shalgren. Champion son. You're a master goalie and friendship for everyone. Milkman. (laughs) So we got that done. So back to beer now. Um, thank Yo, you for uh, being there in spirit with me, guys, for that. <laughs> well done. Well done. So welcome to another episode of Let's Get Pucked Up. I'm your host, Robin Coymans. Um, as you can hear, we have changed the theme song for the, the podcast. And I'm joined by two uh, co-hosts extraordinaire. Wyatt Danowski and Scott Dowler. But first, I will talk about the beer that Scott has so graciously allowed me to drink for this evening. It is an <laughs> NWT Brewing Co. seasonal beer, Black Bear Schwartz beer. And it's my first time trying it, so it should be interesting. Um, Scott, how are you? How have you been? <laughs> what are you what are you drinking? Been good, you know. Um, just living the dream, drinking uh orange cranberry sour from the NWT Brewing Company very nice and uh Wyatt how are you doing what are you drinking I'm doing good uh just you know having a big old party for the milkman um for getting his first victory over a team that shall not be named uh and so I'm drinking Hilt by Phillips Brewing because all right, so unfortunately the internet cut out there for a second during Wyatt's intro, but he is enjoying a Phillips Brewery Tilt Lager, I think you were saying. And yeah. uh, did you want did you want to make an allusion to something tilting to go with the beer that you're drinking? <laughs> well, everyone is saying like, oh, the Jets are going to be so good this year, but I feel like they're just tilting in another direction, uh, which is bad. So again, uh, this lager beer is very plane in general just like the uh uh jets of 2022 2023 very fair a rick bonus coach team deserves nothing more than a lager flavor wise yeah um, not great yeah but i'll get into that soon. yeah so we uh we're a few games in now to the season and we're at the point where we can start to make um too early basically assessments of our teams so uh, since we've got representatives here from Canucks Nation, Leafs Nation, and Jets Nation, I felt like we should go with those three teams to kick things off. So maybe, Wyatt, we'll let you dig in a little bit more since you started us off talking already a bit about the Jets. How do you feel about the team so far this year? You've only played two games, right? Yeah, only only two games. It's gone pretty well. Um, the first game that they played is on the, on Friday, and they they got outshot. What was it? 40, 41 to thirty four. So that's a that's good. Uh, that's that's a development that hasn't happened at all last year. And then uh, they got outshot again last game, twenty nine to twenty five, and lost that game. Uh, well, so yeah, I- I'm gonna chime in for a sec because I did read somewhere that Connor Hellebuck has like a nine fifty save percentage in games that he faces forty or more shots. 
So maybe that's the winning plan. I mean, that's Paul Maurice hockey back in the day anyway. So I thought we, I thought we fired Paul Maurice, but I guess apparently <laughs> we, we have not his, his ghost still lingers in the hallways. So yeah, again, it'll be another year of Hellebuck playing insanely well and us uh, having to deal with like the, the number of shots or just not playing uh, any periods consistently. Um, and Shifley looks really good, though. So, like, good for him. Like, I'm glad that he's actually stepping up. But, like, Wheeler looks old. Dubois doesn't want to be there. Uh, they're not playing the young guys. Logan Stanley only gets playing time because he's six foot seven. So, again, it's a lot of um, – a lot – like, it's basically a younger version of Tyler Myers. So, Again, it's just like, why are we doing the same thing again and expecting a different result? It's literally insanity. That's the definition of insanity. So, um, I don't know. I had low expectations going into this year, and I'm just maintaining those. So, yeah, keep <laughs> keep going. Jets keep being mediocre. Suck for Bedard, and we'll see how it goes. I don't think you're bad enough to suck for Bedard, but uh, no. too, too mediocre for that. <laughs> That's even worse. Miss yeah. the class for like five points and get a middle round draft pick, which will just be perfect Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I foresee Winnipeg picking like 11th or 12th overall in this next draft. Yeah. Um, all right, so after that, Amuse Bouche, I think we'll get on to the, the main courses, which are the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Vancouver Canucks. Maybe <laughs> I'll... The main <laughs> well, I mean, in terms of drama and disappointment, but... Uh... <laughs> We'll maybe toss it over to Scott to talk a bit about his uh, Canucks and how the season's going so far. <sighs> Depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've tuned in for like one period and it was to watch Connor McDavid score a hat trick. The first game <laughs> pretty much sums up all four other games and Connor McDavid only played against them once. <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> I don't know why people had expectations for the Canucks. Like... They don't deserve expectations. They're just bad. Like how long till Bruce Boudreaux gets <laughs> fired? <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm I'm a little I'm a little shocked to be honest at how badly things have gone out of the gate for the Canucks. Um, Bruce Boudreaux has always been a good regular season coach, but I guess he's never had just like such a transparent lack of faith in his process before as he did over the summer when they were just like oh, reluctantly we'll give you a. We'll, we'll let you we'll let you come back for a year they didn't even give him a contract extension they just said i guess there's one year left on your contract if you're okay with that bruce true yeah so yeah bruce there it is <laughs> bruce there oh. already but i mean he's known for choking in the playoffs but this i've never seen him choke at the end of like early regular season games to this degree or have his teams choke this hard where they've that's that's the most frustrating thing I think so far for a Canucks fan or just watching the Canucks is that they've had multiple goal leads in all of their games so far. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's the most frustrating thing. It might be like however many years of futility, um, and then to have like a little bit of hope for this year, only to be feeling like it's dashed four games in and that they're repeating last year all over again, which is brutal isn't uh didn't they set the record are the only nhl team that has lost the first three games while having multiple goal leads yep so they so they must be the only nhl team that's lost the first four games now after having multiple <laughs> goal leads 
since they were up two nothing tonight. Uh, yeah. Four to three. What a stupid record. But anyway, we keep stats on everything. Like how many times Wyatt picks his nose throughout the course of this. Like <laughs> I got the over under set at seven point five. <laughs> And, like, it's okay because they played, like, pretty bad teams, like the Capitals and the Flyers. And, oh, yeah, the Flyers. Okay, I was making a joke, but, yeah, the Flyers are very bad. How did you lose to the Flyers? Well, <laughs> and the Blue Jackets. Don't forget them. Well, the Flyers yeah. are pretty bad, but you have to remember that they're John Tortorella coach team. And he, one thing that he's good at is just getting crazy structure out of shitty players to at least start the season. They will definitely fall <laughs> off as it goes along, but I think he's he's got his system going, and everyone else in the NHL is just like getting their legs about them. So, uh, and I say that too because the Flyers beat the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight, three to two. So they're actually the three zero and zero Flyers right now. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, courts for coach of the year. Yeah, that's what it's looking like right now. I mean, there's a few other candidates that we'll probably get to in a sec, but. Uh, yeah, what about uh, the signing of Kuzmenko? How do you feel about that so far? Have you noticed him at all or anything about him? Yeah, I thought in the little bit that I've watched, he was pretty good, actually, um, off the rush anyway. The game I watched, though, they were playing him on the power play as the net front guy, and he would get out of the way of the goalie. So oh, that seems good. like maybe the bad a bad spot to put him. <laughs> Um, but you know, I'm not a head coach in the NHL, so what do I know? So he's so although the Russian machine never breaks, they were not talking about Andre Kuzmenko because he's pretty not. afraid of getting broken, it sounds like. And I can't blame him. Those guys shoot hard. Like, but yeah, he's not your guy. In, in, in Russia, puck gets you. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh yeah, man. In all fairness, he he does seem like he's not the problem there. It no. seems that he's like been a decent addition. Yeah, um, so far, so good. The interesting, really... the other interesting thing that came out from Canucks pressers over the the early part of the season was the JT Miller interview, when he talked about how he can't do anything right, and he's been on, he, and in the first two games, he said he'd been on the ice for all eight goals against, which yeah, that's pretty crazy. It's pretty insane to think about. Yeah, minus I, eight. I noticed that he. Uh, did have his ice time cut from its his usual twenty three minutes per game oh that he plays. Um, which is insane. <laughs> I think last year he actually played like 21 and a half minutes on average for the whole season, which is like wild for a forward, especially JT Miller. Not to say he's bad or anything. He's a good player, but that's a lot of time. Yeah. Um, like I would say like that's okay for Connor McDavid, but maybe Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Austin Matthews, that would be about it for forwards that I think should play 21-30 a game. Yep. Um, yeah, so he played 18-50 in a game or tonight. And he was only minus two tonight. Oh my god! So Ilya Mikheyev was minus three. So that tells you that he wasn't on the ice for all the goals against because Ilya Mikheyev is worse than him. Um, yeah. So baby steps. <sighs> <laughs> oh, didn't oh Myers came back today, so that's good. Right. <laughs> oh my god, it hurts. <laughs> you got a solid decor of like Luke Shen. And Tyler Myers and Kyle Burrows. I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. Um, also rough right now. Like, I'm not going to be as forlorn as Scott was about the Canucks, but the Leafs are, should be. The Leafs are in trouble. 
um as alluded to by our milkman song so for those not in the know the milkman we were referring to Carell the thrill as uh what's his face tyson nash i think it is to calls him on for for the like whatever network he broadcasts for for the coyotes um vimelka he i hesitate to use the word stonewalled because the leafs just played a terrible game um they didn't really wake up until there were six minutes left but he still was able to beat the Leafs um, and the Coyotes beat them 4-2. So kudos to the milkman. But really, the Leafs beat themselves in that game. Um, they just didn't show up. They played really, really boring, terrible to watch hockey for the majority of the night. And I guess I did say to Wyatt before we went on for this that I was going to talk about the Morgan Riley hand pass and how that should have been a goal. Yes, it should have. But the Leafs should have been clobbering the Coyotes like six to two at that point already, anyway. So it shouldn't have mattered. Um, that's like what every other team has done that's faced the Coyotes so far this year. And like I, I think a crazy, sorry, a crazy crazy stat is that last year Velmelka won twenty five percent of his starts last year. Yeah. So every time, every four games. He won one of them, so I, I can't. I can't see um, him doing better than that this year. But I guess he is one for three this year now, so that's slightly better. But, <laughs> but yeah, like so, we talked about this as well on our chat that we have. Um, the Coyotes only play four of their first twenty-four games at home, and <laughs> so insane. And don't forget that their home is Mullet Arena, capacity four thousand <laughs> people. So. <laughs> <laughs> probably won't fill it no no because they're apparently charging more than they should for a team like the coyotes just because it's such a weird situation it's a small arena but uh yeah what a joke of a franchise and a team and then they beat uh, the maple leafs apparently the leafs have also never not beaten the coyotes at home for 20 years now which is also just insane it's like the only streak they have that well, no, that's wrong. I was going to say, I was going to cut myself off before I even say what I was going to say. Go on. No, it doesn't, it, it, I don't need to open myself to that level of ridicule. So, um, yeah, so they lost to the Coyotes. They're still two and two, so I'm not going to ring crazy alarm bells right now. But um, Austin Matthews has not looked good to start. I mean, he was slow to start last year, too, but he was at least injured coming into the year for that one. So that one made more sense. Um the main issue is the Matt Murray injury, which everyone knew was going to happen. So it's not, not everyone, Coimans. <laughs> Some <laughs> people Kyle do this in his uh, and the goalie coach that Murray had when he was like six years old or something that the Leafs somehow have on their staff. Um, yeah, I was talking about my fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your fantasy team. You didn't know it was going to happen. Eh? you saw that roster percentage going up to like the high 80s and you're like now's my year and then you got (laughs) don't worry i got aiden hill to back me up (laughs) yikes um so yeah that's obviously not great for the leafs that they're relying so heavily now already on Ilya samsonov who uh has decent numbers on the year but if you've been watching the games, you could tell that the goals that he gave up were like all soft and terrible. Like he probably should have gotten a shutout in at least one of the first two, if not both of the first two games he played in based on the the shots that he was facing, which is good. It means the Leafs are playing really good team defense in front of him, but it also means that they know that he's leaky. Mm -hmm. And 
yeah, I'm worried for that. And I'm worried that Matt Murray is going to be out much longer than four weeks. And I'm worried that even if he comes back, he's going to be garbage because he's going to be tentative because he's been injured so much. So I don't see how they get out of this without having to make another trade for a goalie. And at this point, like there's so few options available. Like, I guess James Reimer, they could always dial, like, <laughs> dial it back and trade for him. I'd be honestly, James Reimer seems like better than just relying on Samson over Matt Murray at this point. Wow. And I mean, maybe they could get Semyon Varlamov from uh, the Islanders because I don't think they need him in, at $5 million a year right now. They they probably would be happy to have that cap space, I would think. But And Sorokin seems to be fine. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, they, not... could bring up, they could bring up Joseph Wall. He's injured. And then he could be there. Oh, yeah, it's probably – okay. Well, that's also on my fantasy team. But again, like they could, yeah, I would, I would say just play, just get Wall healthy and then just put him in there and have him be the starter for the rest of the year. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Yikes. <laughs> Guy who's played like four NHL games, just throw him in there. But I don't know. It's whatever. go do, go do this. It's all about the for the Hamburglar. Yeah, is he even in the is he even in the NHL anymore? No. <laughs> they can just sign him off the scrap heap. Yeah, but he can go on a run. Yeah, he's got a career like nine fifteen save percentage or something. Oh, better than Samson. Yeah. Go go get Tim Thomas. Nailed it. Yeah. Fifty year old Tim Thomas. I guess he could cross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're letting anybody across the border these days. Tyler Bertuzzi, Tim Thomas. <laughs> Um, <laughs> although Tyler Batuzzi is out for four to six weeks now, so he probably won't be going across the border anytime soon, which I know because I'm on two of my three fantasy teams. <sighs> so I get for picking anti-vaxxers. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, uh, that's all I really wanted to say about the Leafs. I, I don't want to overreact because it's still early, but I am pretty panicked about the goalie situation. Sounds like we're all overreacting a little yeah, bit. A little, yeah. Um, well, like it's not, not all of us. Not all of us. <laughs> not all of us. <laughs> so uh, maybe we'll get away from our teams for a second, talk about some some other teams. Uh, crazy as it is to say, there are other teams in the NHL beyond the the three Canadian ones that we know. Good to so, know. So we, I'd like to talk maybe about some uh, surprise strong starts that we've seen so far from teams and or players in the NHL. Um. Wyatt, are there any surprises that you've noticed off the bat? Yeah, I'll, I'll pick my surprise team from the East because I'm going to have – there's some structure here and then a surprise team from the West. Uh, surprise team from the East is Detroit is doing pretty well. I am a little bit shocked at that. They're like 2-0-1 oh, and, and they're second in the Atlantic, which is pretty impressive. Um, so good job, Stevie Y. Uh, we have, I don't know who's good on the team. Dylan Larkin looks really good on the team. Ben Sherratt killing it every day. Unreal. <laughs> Andrew Kopp doing well as well. I think Sherratt uh, did get like a goal <laughs> assist against, um, like New Jersey or something like that. Some yeah, one of the so games I, I saw, you had like a crazy stat line. Yeah. And so like they're doing really well. And then in the West, 
shockingly, Dallas Stars are doing really well. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised that they're they're the first in the Central uh, with basically Jake Ottinger playing all the games and Rupe Hintz and Jason Robertson and Mason Marchment is now playing on the team. So that's pretty good, uh, even without Jamie Benn being there. So. So, uh, a happy yeah, so good for right. them. Savvy pickup at the end of last year. Yeah, got to do something when you're booted out. Early. Yeah, and I, and Tyler Sagan is doing well. And I thought he was an after aftershock or afterthought essentially, but yeah. So yeah, good for Dallas. They're doing way better than I thought they were going to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, Scott, do you have any surprises that you wanted to mention? Um. Yeah. Uh, Boston surprises me. Did not see that coming. I thought they were not going <laughs> to. I thought they were going to be in Winnipeg Jets land, like very middle of the road, but not make the playoffs. Um, the fact that Krejci can take a year off of the NHL and come back and still be a very useful center is mm-hmm. impressive. Um, did not see that coming. Don't even know many players on the Boston roster anymore these days. Bergeron's still out, isn't he? No, he's playing. Okay, you got to delete that from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it. <laughs> He's tearing, tearing it up right now against your team Shit. in our head-to-head fantasy battle. Is it is it Swayman? Is he is he the goalie now? Um, Swayman and Allmark have been splitting it so far, but Swayman was in net tonight for the Bruins, letting in seven goals to the Ottawa Senators. So I'll just put that Perfect. out there. So Allmark is the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's my surprise team to start the year okay um my surprise team uh, i alluded to it a little bit earlier but the philadelphia flyers i don't think any of us really saw them coming out of the gate 3-0 and 0 um although i did say like that's towards hockey right off the bat just having crazy structure and trying to take advantage of other teams that don't have that structure put in place yet so he's definitely squeezing the most he can out of that roster and good for him. But uh, yeah, they would be one of my major uh, surprises to start the season as well as I will give uh, hats off to the Vegas Golden Knights because I was not sure really what to make of this team going into this year with uh, the, <clears throat> the goaltending position being a bit of a question mark, but Logan Thompson is also going to be one of my surprise um just key performers so far this year. He's really looked steady in their net. Um, even Aiden Hill gave them a good game a couple nights ago. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the Vegas Golden Knights under Bruce Cassidy. I guess we shouldn't be surprised all these teams under their new coaches just implementing new systems. They always – you always seem to get that new coach bump. But the Flyers, the Stars, the, the Knights, all with new coaches seem to be really taking advantage of the situation. Yeah, um, the Jets too. One other thing that I so we're we're gonna get into um, our surprising disappointments now, but one thing I want to get into that kind of bridges the gap between surprising hot starts and disappointments that I wanted to mention is Matt Zuccarello has five power play points through the first three games of the season for Minnesota, and the Minnesota Wild are o three and o at this point, which is pretty insane to think about. Like Matt, like if you're a team and you have a guy on your team who has five power play points in the first three games, you would expect that you've at least won one of those games, I would think. Yeah, it says here their power play percentage is 43%. So 
Jeez. You'd think you would win one of those games. Pulling out the crazy advanced stats there, Scott. Well, it's um, not that advanced. It's just a percentage. Maybe for my simple brain, it's advanced. But um, no, I'm just shocked you found that so quickly, I think is what it was. But um, yeah, so disappointments. I mean, we've already talked about the Canucks. I think ad nauseum, we know they're one of the major disappointments, especially based on how they've lost. But Minnesota, I really have to be thrown in there with the fact that they're 0-3-0. This is a team that I think most of us expected to be one of the top like seven or eight teams in the league this year. And they've allowed 20 goals in their first three games, which is (laughs) wild. I mean, pun not intended actually (laughs) there because it is wild. But um, (laughs) like, I'm not surprised Marc-Andre Fleury has not been that great to start, but even by my, my own thoughts about Marc-Andre Fleury at this stage in his career, this is shocking to see them allowing that many goals. I mean, they've scored 12 goals, so they're averaging four goals per game, and they're still losing every single game. (laughs) So I would put them as probably my biggest disappointment at the moment. Um, Scott, do you have a disappointment that you wanted to mention? Um, Well... Yeah, Tampa Bay. To me, it's shocking that they've started the year one and three. Um, this is a team that still could win the Stanley Cup, and that's a pretty slow start. Who did they just lose to? Uh, Philly. Philly. Like, <laughs> if you're losing to Philly, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the Flyers are just making absolute fools of everyone right now. <laughs> um, maybe in Another team I'll throw in there, but they rebounded tonight with a win was the New Jersey Devils even when they started out 0-2-0. Many of us expected that, but it was the way that they'd started out 0-2-0, losing 5-2 back-to-back games to Philly and Detroit, I believe it was. Wow. Two teams that are not necessarily that good. And we already know that uh, Lindy Ruff's on the hot seat. Their goaltending is looking the exact same as it was last year. Um, they won tonight, so give them props for that. They beat the Anaheim Ducks, which are not a hard out, but still they won. They finally won, so that's good for them. Um, Wyatt, though, who do you have for disappointments? Uh, well, you took all of my teams, so <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go off the board and say the San Jose Sharks <laughs> are disappointingly awful this year. That's a good um, pick. Yeah, because you expect you ex- like with with that decor, we talked about this last time. Like we talked about the Habs and how they have an AHL decor, and we talked about uh, who else? oh Arizona and Chicago. But like when you have Eric Carlson on your back end, like he's old, I get it, but like he, he has three points in four games, and they're o four and o essentially. Their leading scorer is like. Mario Ferraro or whatever his name is. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I got Mario and, Ferraro on my team. Yeah, and uh, Logan Couture and Luke Kunin. It's like the top four scores yes. of that. Of that <laughs> so again, oh, Luke like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm just so like confused, and I know they have depth because they have the Megna guy who's really good, Jacob Megna, uh, brother, brother of Jason Megna. And so uh, a Willie D classic. Wait, they're not the same person. There's more than one Megna. Of course there's more than one Megna. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm shocked that Willie D didn't go and acquire it while he was playing in the Canucks. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, I just expected mo- like them not to be 0-4 at the start of the year. And, yeah, like the bottom four teams are the Canucks, Senators, Wild, and Sharks, which I, I don't think anyone could have picked. I mean, the Sharks, I'm not surprised they're a bottom feeder, but just the the, sh- the sheer, like, yeah, the, the, the astounding lack of production from top players and the fact that they are 0-4-0 and that they couldn't even get, like, a single win against some pretty, like, meh teams. Like, Nashville, they're, they're, they're better than the Sharks for sure, but I was still thinking the Sharks could have gotten, like, at least a point out of that series in, in Europe. Um, the Black- Blackhawks beat them right, five. The Blackhawks, that was the one that was shocking. Yeah, 5-2. <laughs> Peter Morazic beat them 5-2. <laughs> Speaking of former Leafs goalies. Yeah, and <laughs> and actually, I think that they're now 0-5-0 because they just lost to the Islanders tonight, also by the score of 5-2. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so. The Sharks are a good pick. Yeah, so I think sh- that's just shocking because you'd expect them to be like, I don't know, not the bottom of the league, but like, yeah, not that bad. So in terms of players who have gotten out to a disappointing start, it's kind of hard to say unless you're looking at specifically players on your own fantasy hockey team because I haven't really had a chance to scour other people's teams and see how players are doing. Um, I'm just going to say flat out right now, Austin Matthews. I already mentioned it before, but he's had a pretty disappointing start for me. Um, Yeah, I expect more than what I've seen so far. I expected him to do something against the Arizona Coyotes. That's his like hometown. Like, you'd think he would get up for those games, but I feel like from what I remember, he doesn't actually play well against them, like, ever. Um, Yeah. Do you guys have any picks for anyone who's been disappointing so far? It's kind of a hard question to ask because, like, we're only three or four games in. But, uh, yeah, I'm just thinking of, like, top performers who are not doing what they necessarily should be doing. I feel like most top performers are kind of performing as you'd somewhat expect at this point, but... Why do you have any thoughts? Um, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm disappointed in Matt Murray. <laughs> <That's fair. laughs> yeah, that is. like I like I did he sign like a brand new contract or anything or or I, I have no idea. No, he's got the but, same contract. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm disappointed in him. He's not doing very well. Uh, and who else? on my team sucks um <laughs> i'm just gonna throw let's up. see here uh yeah i've been like sorry go ahead i've been disappointed a lot in grubauer <laughs> and Grubauer, yes. peterson is not doing great either or yeah, so all of your goalies or <laughs> craig anderson did well <laughs> yeah there's a common theme here so how much patience do I have for Grubauer and Peterson uh, to get it together? Because it's not looking good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll add that I'm disappointed in Jacob Chikrin for different reasons. I'm disappointed that he was injured to start the year because I did not think he was going to be this injured. <laughs> like, I thought he'd be fine to start the year. And I'm disappointed that the Arizona Coyotes have not traded him yet because I drafted him mm. in two leagues expecting him to be traded. And that has not happened. And I'm just like biding my time, waiting for him patiently to be traded, but getting a bit impatient. Yeah. So 
maybe we can uh, move on unless, yeah. So we'll move on to the next thing I had here on the list, which is first coach fired. So I'd like to hear you guys hot takes on who you think is going to be, excuse me, the first coach to be fired this season. So based on some new results that we've seen tonight, I think that things are maybe shifting around a little bit. Scott, I might let you lead off on this one as I suspect I know the answer from you. (laughs) (laughs) Who could Uh, it be? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'd love to say Bruce Boudreaux, but that would be crazy. They just, the Canucks just can't afford to do that. Actually they can't, they're still paying Travis (laughs) Green 3 million this year. And they're, and they're, and I've heard that they're a team that's actually like worrying about that kind of thing right now. Like money wise, it sounds like they don't have their owners in home water. Yeah, I think so. That's why. (laughs) Oh, brutal. Wait, he, he, uh, he gives, I thought water was his issue that he didn't give water to his employees. (laughs) Wait, so what do the Aquilinis do? No, go on Twitter. Oh, man. <laughs> the repo men. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea what they do. <laughs> but I think so. If you're I not think... using Boudreaux, who do you have, Scott? Oh, man. I don't know. Lindy Ruff, I guess, in New Jersey. Um, but they still have a chance to turn it around. Mm. I think Lindy Ruff's fair. Yeah, I could see that. I just feel like he doesn't have a large runway here to to turn it around. Um, there's, no. there's expectations in Jersey to meet, make the playoffs. And... Which is pretty ridiculous considering they were like a 63-point team or something like that last year. Yeah, I guess that's true. But their goaltending should be better. It should. Like, McKen- well, Mackenzie Blackwood was on Canada's short list or long list or whatever. Last year, when we Short, were put, long list. one of the the fifty person list, whatever that was, when they were like looking at possibly going to the Olympics, so yeah, but it's been a crazy fall from grace. Like Jordan Bennington was on that long list too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not great. So was Carey Price, and he was injured. <laughs> I feel like Logan Thompson would be on that list if they yeah. were making it now. <laughs> he have like twenty seven career starts, maybe or something like that. <sighs> yeah. But yeah, I think Lindy Ruff is a good pick. Um, he might have actually been my pick. I'm not going to lie. But Wyatt, I'll throw it over to you and I'll do some fast research to see if I can come <laughs> up with a third option. Yeah, I would, I would probably say um, uh, on the hot seat would be Sheldon Keith of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Because you can't, you can't lose the Arizona Coyotes. That, that's just... That's just a thing that can't happen, especially with someone who is so established there. Um, and then calling out his best players, I think, is a pretty desperate look there, being like they have like our best players weren't very good. Um, and so it's what game four, and you're already calling out your best players for that. So like it doesn't look great for him. So I'd probably say Sheldon is on the hot seat. And if they cannot uh, be good in the future, I think he's they're gonna try to write the ship with the firing yeah that's fair um i could see him if the goaltending just like falls apart even further i could see it happening for sure um my thoughts i actually did a quick scour and i came up with a couple ideas so first of all i'm gonna go with my heart and say dave haxtall because 
There's no reason <laughs> that he should be a coach in the NHL right now in the first place. Um, I know Ron Francis hasn't given him much to work with, but still what the, like I, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about just the stats for teams in the last year or two that have like given up the first goal in the first five minutes and Seattle leads it by like a crazy margin. Like his teams just start so poorly and that's got to be so deflating. So mm-hmm. I think that that's on him for not firing his team up or implementing a system that gets them going properly to start the game. So I feel like, I feel like they could actually improve quite a bit with firing Dave Hackstall. And another one that I'll put on there is um, Dallas Akins in Anaheim. So this may sound strange because they're a young team that's still kind of rebuilding, but he was the guy that was hired by the previous GM. Uh, Pat Verbeek had nothing to do with his hiring. And he's honestly gotten pretty middling results, even if they have been rebuilding for the longest time. Um, this year, I think that they're, I know they're still rebuilding, but I think they're still expecting to take at least a bit of a, a progress, make a, take a bit of a step forward, a bit of progression. So right now they're one in three. Um, they don't look like they've gotten any better year over year. And I know that Pat Verbeek traded a lot of their veteran guys away at the deadline last year, but you also hope for some just natural progression from young guys getting older. So, yeah, I would say Dallas Akins would be one of the people on the hot seat right now. All right, so we're going to transition to talking about um, how basically the NHL's beefed it in terms of marketing their product coming into the season. So, shocker. Basically, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to this next story afterwards in a bit, but I feel like we've heard much more about just like, hockey Canada scandals than anything to do with the NHL season actually resuming. And um, I want to pay special tribute to the fact that they did such a terrible, terrible job marketing or televising the official opening games of the NHL season, the games over in Europe that took place for some reason a week before the regular season for the rest of the teams started. And they took place while the preseason was still going on for the other teams. So, Wyatt, did you have uh, did you have anything that you wanted to add about just like how um, the NHL decided to market their sport going into the season? I well, I don't. Could you could you watch the games in Europe? No, like, were they even televised? <laughs> yeah. So again, and. Just like the weird, just having that, it's like in Europe, they're not exhibition games. They're actually like the first games of the season and you can't market that and you can't show people, I don't know, uh, like na- like national uh, or like the uh, national feed on like, oh, by the way, they're playing in like, where did they play even? I think like Czech Republic and... Yeah, yeah I was in Prague. Latvia? I don't know. One of the, yeah, so... <laughs> Like, I don't know, it just seems like it was, again, they just dropped the ball or like, did you guys see that video of, was the ref giving that weird speech at the start of the, uh, at the start of like the game? I didn't see the video, but I heard it on like another podcast. They just like had the, <laughs> yeah. the, the audio from it. Yeah, it was like, I guess it was the first game in North America or whatever it was. And they're like, let's have everyone have a good year. It's going to be great like be like treat people with respect and like it's so great to have everybody back i'm like what is going on here <laughs> like what, what are you trying to do what is this like like 
what is this a teacher speaking here of like trying to like get their PE class to get going like I don't know why you and it seemed like the ref did not want to say this but I think he was forced to yeah and this seems just so cringeworthy so yeah again like I don't know who their PR people are or trying to grow the game but like it's embarrassing yeah no I, I heard that audio and it did definitely sound like someone speaking against their will hostage level um <laughs> they were basically like why why are you making the refs do this like you know you know yeah. that the refs in the nhl are not good public speakers um we <laughs> i feel like there's one or two of them who likes to do things emphatically for fun every now and then <laughs> but like the rest of them whenever they have to explain something or like go on the mic it's always awkward so yeah I, I don't understand why the NHL's decision to like introduce the season was delivered by a referee at puck drop, just being like, yeah, let's, uh, let's go boys. Let's have some fun. Uh, good, good <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like at least get, get like Wes McCauley to do that. Like, yeah. That's the, that's the guy I was thinking of. He would have been more. He's like, good at it. Yeah. But like, don't get like a random guy who like clearly is not known for his speaking mm-hmm. to do that. Oh, so strange. Yeah, I feel I feel for that referee. Like it's that shouldn't be part of the job. I just imagine Gary Bettman being like, "Hey, I have this great decision that I'm making right now. How about we have the ref just go on mic at the beginning of uh, the game? That's going to happen in like one hour." Uh, Doug, hockey man, or whatever the name of the, the referee is that had to drop drop that that puck for that game, and the ref was probably just like, "Fuck, he pays my checks. I have to do this, don't I?" <laughs> Like, it was like he was reading off a teleprompter. Like, it wasn't engaging. It was like, this is so awful. Like, is this a joke? Are they making fun of somebody, something? But no, this is like what they thought would be engaging. I feel like the NHL does the absolute worst job of marketing its games. Like, I don't know how many times I've had this conversation with you, Robin, where we want to watch some game on TV and we <laughs> go to watch it and it's blacked out and we're like, fuck. Like how, how many other people out there are just like upset that they can't watch a game, but you can watch the Minnesota Timberwolves play the, I don't know. San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> Some random basketball team that nobody cares about in Canada. And it's like, why? Just please, just somebody explain to me why. I did email Rogers at one point and be like, what the hell is going on? Why can't I watch games? And they never really got back to me. Yeah, it's always like you're not in the right region to watch this game. And I'm like, I'm in Yellowknife. I know I'm not in the right region for various hockey teams, but like, why do you tease me with showing it on? The, like, I have six different sports nets or something like that. Yeah. And then none of them, yeah, like very rarely, especially with Canucks games, I found, can I, can you ever watch Canucks game on sports net? No, you can't watch any. Or even like, even what the NFL does, where they have like red zone. Imagine like there was like, yeah, why don't we have like zone puck for... zone or, or yeah, or like team, a team goes on a on the power play and you're like, sweet, I'm gonna go to right right to that one. That's gonna be good. Or like, I don't know, like it's I guess it's kind of harder to do because the game is so fluid. But again, like having like a channel where you can just like like exciting goals. You flip like there's a create this like the end of the Leaf game was insane. So like you have everyone watch that end of the Leaf game like that kind of thing. The last five minutes or something like that. Yeah, no, I I do actually want to go off on that because like I'm in a fantasy football league for the first time in like five years. So I actually have caught a few 
uh, glimpses of NFL red zone over the past few weeks. And I've like been actually like pretty captivated by it. Like it's, <laughs> it's very well edited and done to keep your attention. And especially considering like, if you're like, it's, it's, it's streamlined basically for people who are betting and who are playing fantasy sports, because you're just mm-hmm. like constantly going from like game to game, like uh, action to action, just to see like, if anyone gets any, any big plays for you. Um, so like, it would be nice if there was an equivalent for hockey for sure. Now I know that the game doesn't necessarily translate the same way as football, but you could still like try it try it out make an attempt to see like, how it goes at least like give fans an option so they don't have to watch commercial breaks or be blacked out constantly yeah. um i don't know or like or like there's no uh there are no games on sunday because i guess like the nfl like there, there's zero nhl games on sunday yeah you're like that was, that was another ridiculous thing yeah, so weird. so we're like five games into the or five days into like the real season if we're excluding the like puck drop in europe on the friday before <laughs> which pretty much everyone is because like no one watched that uh, and so yeah you've got everyone excited about the game coming back now they've noticed it's coming back because you didn't advertise it at first and so they're like okay sweet nhl's back saturday night hockey night in canada all right, I'm back into the, I'm back into like the grind of watching hot, not grind, but I'm back, I'm back into the, like the routine of watching hockey. I wonder what's going on tomorrow. Who can I watch? Nobody. So, <laughs> no. Not a yeah. single game. And then on Monday, like 10 games start at seven o'clock on the dot. Like, why, why are you doing this? Like, what is, I don't get it. Like, at least with like, even with the MLB, it was like, I think it was like with the Blue Jays, like you would be able to watch a Blue Jays game for the next like 34 days straight because I guess they play like series and stuff like that. But again, it's like, that is marketing. Like, like if you miss it one day, you can come, you can go and look at it. You can find the game the next day possibly, but it's so strange. The, the scheduling of it. Yeah. And like, while we're talking about just like simple things that they could do, like, I, I find like on my cable package, there's constantly like videos of Blue Jays games in 30 that you can watch after the game if you miss the game, but they never have anything like that for any of like the hockey teams, any of the NHL teams. Why is that not an option? Like if you miss the game, why can't you watch like a 30 minute condensed package on, on cable or something? Um, I don't know. Anyway, a lot of problems. And while we're talking about problems, let's move on to talking about the Hockey Canada saga and how it has uh, continued since we last talked so <laughs> um oh, some good news in some regard in that basically the whole board of directors stepped down um long time coming good to see that that happened um i was pretty excited when i saw that news actually and wyatt you shared with us that we can all apply to be the next board of directors uh via tsn.ca <laughs> i believe <laughs> so that's exciting just on their website you can click on the link and be like yeah i want to join the board (laughs) (laughs) open call out (laughs) like there's no vetting just yeah apply and see what happens yeah no i yeah maybe for shits and giggles could be fun um (laughs) no i i don't think i want to do that but uh I, i guess like aside from that what what else has been the news with hockey canada lately like they have um talked about the fact that they have a third slush fund 
Yeah. What? Is that what's going on right now? A third one. It's like, how what how many fun slush funds are there going to be like <laughs> like i'm giving an under over of like five i think <laughs> yeah like uh, call me crazy but i thought one slush fund was enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah What's the like one for for more slush i don't know oh Just... my god more slush <laughs> i think it's no i think there was there were some specific details about the third one weren't there like it was for uh if it didn't get covered by insurance or something like that <laughs> i want to say yeah like it just seems it was like people aren't surprised anymore that's the sad thing about it like oh yeah that makes sense <laughs> like, oh. so what do you think are going to be the real repercussions of this fall from grace for hockey Canada. Um, do you think that this will affect the game? And and do you think do you think it will? So first of all, do you think it will affect the game negatively in terms of like our on ice performance against other countries moving forward? Because people are just going to stop pulling or going to pull their kids out of hockey. Like parents are not going to put their kids through hockey anymore because they don't trust the sport. Um, do you think there will be any positive steps actually made? Maybe those are my two major questions. So, I don't know, Scott, what do you think about either of those? I mean, I think it's definitely going to be a negative thing at first. There's going to be like a lag time before things rebound. Um, I think hockey culture has a bad name um, and it's had a bad name for a long time. It's just kind of not been in the public eye. Um, now it's also in the public eye, even like tonight I was out for beers with some coworkers who don't follow hockey and they're like, oh yeah, like this is what I thought hockey culture was. And it is, you know, like that says a lot. Um, I mean, one of the people there thought the best hockey player in the world was Connor McGregor. So like, <laughs> <laughs> it tells you that everybody is hearing about this and that, yeah, of course, p- parents are going to be like, well, why would I put my kid in hockey if there's no respect and there's no um just the culture is disgusting like you, you know uh, it's sad yeah um why do you have any thoughts about either of those questions i was asking so like whether or not this is going to affect canada's ability to compete with other countries and also whether or not there's actually going to be some positive progress made in terms of uh, just changing hockey culture for the better, I think that they got to dissolve the 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 organization and like rebuild it. I don't know. Like it just seems like it. There's so much uh, non transparency, or I guess so much opaqueness in the actual organization where like they've all resigned and there's still, and then, then they found a third slush fund. <laughs> like, like no one is at the helm right now. And they're still finding things that are like, that are not doing that are not putting it in a good light with people. And like, I don't know, maybe you need government like overreach or like government interference with that to like help set something up or like, I don't know. It just seems that there's a huge cultural thing that needs to be addressed, but like that you can't fix that overnight. So I don't know. It just like, again, and another thing that's crazy is like how many players have, have spoken out. 
Yeah, none. <laughs> none. Zero. Zero players have spoken out. Where's McDavid in this? Where's Crosby? Where is McKinnon? Where are these prominent athletes that like have obviously benefited from Hockey Canada uh, wanting to speak out and say like this is this organization needs correction? And it's the silence is deafening there, and it, that just is part of the culture. So again, like it just see our like all the hockey rinks stayed alive, nothing nothing shut down the when they all. Yeah, lights were still on. I played hockey last Thursday, and the <laughs> lights were on in that rink, so that was great. Um, yeah, just like the egotistical nature of like their of their like their role in hockey in Canada just needs to be fixed, I think. But yeah, also I'm always gonna, I'm always going to call for players to speak out, and they're never going. That's yeah. part of the problem. No, we need we need more people in the sport that are not directly responsible to step up and say this is not okay Mm -hmm. um we need to also see like more people be held culpable like bob nicholson is still just like running the edmonton oilers right now oh that's where he is i'm pretty sure (laughs) yeah and he was like at the helm for most of this stuff wasn't he or like a decent chunk of it um i think the soul guy i think he's like i think scott smith was the fall guy yeah yeah so like honestly like i've been getting really into the show succession have you watched that show quiet or uh not not fully only some seen some parts well watching it i've drawn a lot of parallels like obvious parallels to like fox news from the family that is like at the center of succession and they make people in the family be the fall guy for things or like people at the organization be the fall guy so often with all of the like various scandals that they go through and you see people just get thrown under the bus constantly. But I've been finding, like, mm-hmm. as I've been watching it the last, like, month or so, like, I keep drawing parallels, like, inadvertently to Hockey Canada as I'm watching it. And thinking, like, oh, I could see very easily how Scott Smith or, like, Andrea Skinner is, like, the is the Tom in this situation for succession. And, like, it's just, yeah, I don't know if that's just, like, that's that's just, that's probably just me because I've, look at a lot of hockey news but um yeah i i i I hear what you're saying basically is what what i'm trying to say and uh, but i don't i'm not particularly um confident it will who's uh who is cousin greg oh (laughs) who's cousin greg for this um i don't think i've met i don't actually maybe andrea skinner might be closer to cousin greg (laughs) But um, but I I still don't think that she has the like the wide-eyed naivete that cousin Greg does have. So, <laughs> so I'm not gonna say that we've seen a cousin Greg figure yet. Everyone that's come in front of the media so far has been too like uh, stubborn and can st- strong in their convictions that they're doing the right thing to be a cousin Greg figure. Um. <laughs> Good, good pull for someone who doesn't watch a ton of Succession. <laughs> I've seen, seen a lot of memes of yeah. Cousin Greg. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's probably the best character. Um, so yeah, I think <laughs> there was just like one last thing that I wanted to touch on before we sign off here tonight. So I think you talked about it a little bit, Wyatt, but I wanted to just talk about um, 
so we're so we're looking at how bad some of the teams are this year in terms of their roster construction, as they very clearly are setting uh, the chairs on deck to fail and try and get one of the top three picks. Um, really try and get Connor Bedard, but they're probably okay with Mitchkov or Fantilli as well. And this has been reflected in their daily face-off pages, and particularly in the defensive core for a number of teams in the NHL right now. So. I just wanted to point out, uh, we were looking at the, the top six defensemen for the Montreal Canadiens, for um, the Chicago Blackhawks, and to a lesser extent, the Arizona Coyotes. And I wanted to ask you guys, do you think that there is a single defenseman on the Montreal Canadiens right now? And I'm going to pull up their daily face-off page on our computer that we're using right here. Um do you think that there is a single defenseman on the Montreal Canadiens that is better than any of the six defensemen that are currently employed by the Colorado Avalanche? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll look at Colorado Avalanche first. I'm just going to call up their daily face-off team line combinations. And sorry, my internet's being a bit slow. Um, Maybe I'll vamp for a second. I'll... <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. It's coming up. So here we have, so we have Devin Taves, Kale McCarr, Sam Gerrard, Josh Manson, Bowen Byram, and Eric Johnson. Is there their six defensemen? Now let's compare that against <laughs> the Montreal Canadiens. And the interesting thing is, too, the Montreal Canadiens, although most people probably consider them to be like one of the bottom teams this year. I'd say they're pro still probably going to finish like fourth or fifth last. Like they're not the worst team in the NHL. Yeah. Um, so once this loads, <laughs> it is taking a while. We will see the Montreal Canadiens have the likes of David Savard, Jordan Harris, Caden Gooley, Arbor Shekai, Jordan Kovacevic. Good job pronouncing all these names and and i'm still hasn't loaded the page yet so i'm doing this from memory i don't know how i've memorized five of the six montreal Canadiens <laughs> defensemen chris chris weidman chris weidman how could i forget the only one that's eligible to play a power play apparently because he's their <laughs> yeah. he's their first power play unit quarterback and then they have five forwards for their second power play unit. <laughs> i love it so my question is, do any of those six defensemen that I just named merit being better than any of the six defensemen that Colorado currently employs? No, absolutely not. And it makes me want to know who the seventh defenseman is in Colorado. <laughs> For sure. Wyatt, what do you think? <laughs> I would I would say like Maybe Caden Gooley would be better than Eric Johnson, but I think that's fair. Like, but we're also only four games like into so Caden Gooley's career, so it's hard to say. <laughs> but like, I think he's the closest one out of all six of those that are like, like sniffing or like potentially similar or even better than Eric Johnson. And Eric Johnson's like forty-eight years old, so there's that. <laughs> okay, so if. If my internet will cooperate, I'm going to try and load the defense. Maybe Scott, yours might be faster than this. Um, we're going to try and load the defense for the Chicago Blackhawks. And we're going to do the same exercise. So 
We'll go to daily face-off. We'll look at the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm going to see which ones I can remember off the top of my head. So I'm guessing right. we've, we're going to have Connor Murphy and Seth Jones. I know that. Um, I got it. Okay, go ahead, Wyatt. Oh, well, keep going. Okay, Connor Murphy, Seth Jones, Alec Regula. Is he in there? Nope. No, he didn't make it. Okay, I don't want to no. look. I want to see how many I can get. Um, yeah. Okay, they don't have Calvin DeHaan anymore. Do they still have Jake McCabe? Is he playing? Nope. No, he must be injured. Um, is Alex Vlasic in there? Nope. Okay, I honestly, I think I can only name two right now. Uh, who's the brother of Seth? Oh, Caleb Jones. Jones. Yeah, Caleb Jones, right. Name another Johnson. Yeah. Oh, Jack Johnson. Right, he's somehow with Chicago. Yeah, Jack. You have Jared Tenorti. Sure. <laughs> Mark Tenorti's son. And 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 Philip Ruse. <laughs> Never heard of him. Um, that is not a I made up. Philip so Ruse. I think this one's a bit more clear cut. I would probably say that Seth Jones is better than at least one of the Colorado Avalanche defensemen. Um, is anyone else though? Uh, I think Philip Ruse is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All on right. The, on that on, note, maybe we should. Sorry, you they had Jack Johnson last year. So. <laughs> yeah, and Jack Johnson was like a seventh or eighth defenseman for Colorado. Um, on that note, Phillip. I think we can uh, maybe wrap stuff up. Unless Wyatt, did you have one last thing you wanted to say? Philip Ruse is on their second power play unit, so look out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's all say for that we haven't even got to the best one which is the arizona one okay yeah we can do arizona we can do arizona i mean i think most of us will probably right. give I shane ghost to spare the are you ready for this janice janice moser yeah. <laughs> uh troy troy that jane goss Josh Brown, Uso Valaki, uh, and Dyson Mayo. Yeah, so I'll give it to Shane Ghost Despair. Jury's out on Janice Moser. He could be, but I think it's too early to say. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna go. I'll lock in just Shane Ghost Despair. Uh, I gotta, I gotta go with Troy Stetcher. <laughs> <laughs> I think Stetcher is like a top four or top three D-man for them is scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, there's there's a pretty good. wide gulf between the haves and have-nots this year is what this is uh, what this is indicating. Anyway, I want to thank you guys for, for joining me tonight on this. I know it's been a bit tricky with my internet cutting out and uh, having to rely <laughs> on my hotspot. Um but we got through it. So thanks for, uh, thanks for everything. Hope you have a good night, Wyatt, and we'll talk hockey again soon. And Scott, you're in the room with me. So this feels awkward for me to sign off on anything with you. Cause I'll be seeing you for another few minutes afterwards, but thank you. You can say good night. Good night, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> thank